Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Brotherly Gist, an Afrocentric podcast in which we discuss topics such as sexuality, relationships, marriage, and everything else under the sun. My name is Tayo, and I'm the host of this podcast series. If you are a new listener, please why don't you hit the subscribe button? That way you'll be notified every time a new episode drops. If you are a returning listener, thank you so much for tuning back in. Please continue to like, share, comment, as well as rate if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Also, don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms at The Brotherly Gist. That way you'll be up to date with new episodes as well as exciting content. Without any further ado, let's hop into this week's BG Hero of the Week as well as Topic of the Week. So in this week's segment of the show, we're awarding the BG Hero of the Week to a sports personality. Now, if you're not aware of Arsenal Football Club, consider yourself quite lucky. It's either you don't watch football or, unlike some of the Arsenal fans who have to endure heartbreak every week watching the team, you are not amongst them. Which is actually a very good thing considering their recent poor run of form. Bukayo Saka is a 19-year-old player who currently plays for Arsenal Football Club as well as the English national team. What makes him so phenomenal is that he, at his young age, is currently the leading assist creator within the Arsenal football team in terms of goal creation. Not only this, but he's the second leading player in the Premier League overall in terms of assists, only behind Trent Alexander-Arnold of Liverpool. This is quite phenomenal if you consider Arsenal's poor run of form of late. Bukayo Saka, through his own individual brilliance, has single-handedly been able to turn results over in favour for Arsenal. Week in, week out, this guy puts in performances that consistently sees him being hailed as the man of the match. This is quite remarkable considering his young age. That, together with the fact that he hails originally from Africa, even though he's chosen not to apply his traits for the national team of Nigeria, makes him our choice and our winner for this week's BG Hero of the Week. Congratulations, Bukayo Saka. Keep doing your thing, bro. So in this week's topic, I decided to focus on the subject of interracial and intercultural relationships. As someone who has had personal experience dating outside of my race a few times, and being married to someone of a different culture to that of mine, I found that it is very rewarding to love someone who is of a different culture, race, and identity to you. Even in some cases, religion. I found that when we are open with one another, we can actually broaden each other's perspectives on life. We can approach the world in different ways. And we can even find that there is a connection in our differences. Now, interracial relationships have been receiving much attention and fame of late. I mean, with the popular rise of couples such as Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, as well as popular shows such as Bridgerton. Interracial relationships has become a very present reality and is a part of our day-to-day life. In this episode, I have a chat with a very good friend of mine, Grace. 
who has managed to find love and happiness beyond her ethnicity and her race. We discuss the highs and lows that come with being in an interracial relationship and whether there's any truths that surround the myths concerning interracial relationships. Now, please note that this episode was recorded via the web and so I encourage you to please turn up your volume in order to hear the conversation more audibly. I also apologize if you experience any poor sound quality whilst listening to the episode, but I trust that you will still enjoy the episode and the topic regardless. Let's pick up the conversation from the point in which I asked Grace to please share her first experience and when she first met her husband, Christoph. Enjoy this week's episode. Hey Grace, welcome to the Brotherly Chess. So glad to have you on today. How are you doing? Hi Tyre, I'm good. Thank you for having me. How's Cape Town treating you? How's the weather down there? Um, Cape Town is good. It's temperamental. One day it's winterish, the next day it's a bit of a summer. So today we're having a nice windy summer. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky for you guys. I mean, we've just been bombarded with rain and dark skies. It actually feels like it's the UK, you know, and not South oh, Africa. Wow. Yeah, we I, <laughs> we miss our son here. We miss our son here. But welcome officially to the Brotherly Gist. Um, you. you know, I've been wanting to have you for quite some time because there's, there's something that I've wanted to talk to you about. And I just thought that, you know, you would obviously be the best person to share your thoughts and your experiences um, on the subject matter. Okay. Why don't we kick off by sharing a quick story of how you and your partner met and your journey so far. Okay. Do you want the short version or the long version? <laughs> <laughs> Anything that is fine with you is cool with me as well. <laughs> okay. Um, so we met in 2013. Um, yeah. So a friend of mine, Anomti, uh, invited me to, to Joburg. So I was in uni, I was finishing off school. And she invites me for the weekend. So I was like, okay, change of pace, let's go, Joburg. Um, and then she drops a bomb on me. You were still staying in Pretoria during this time? Yes, yes. So I was still staying in Pretoria. Yeah. So then she drops a bomb on me and she says, well, actually, this guy I'm seeing is bringing a friend. Is it okay with you? And I was hesitant, but I wanted to get out of Pretoria. So I said, yes, let's do this. Um, so yeah. I go to Joburg, and then we go out. So she's hanging out with her guy, and I'm with this other friend that was also invited. Um, and I wasn't even dressed all fancy, you know. I was just like, let's just go out. <laughs> so I'm wearing my pump. That's a first for you, because you're usually dressed up when you're going out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what hit me. I was just like, you know what? It's it's a very chill night. Let's let's just go. Let's just wear our pops and go. And yeah, and that's how I met Chris. So we're chatting, and I didn't think anything was going to come come of it. So yeah, um, the night is done. We go home. Um, I must have left a big impression because the next day he invited me for breakfast. So he picks me up from Namti's flat and went to a small cafe um, close to the house. We go out, uh, get out of his car. And then randomly he just 
grabs my hand and holds my hand and across the road and i'm like okay what's happening here <laughs> okay um, interesting <laughs> and then i let it slide um and then we had breakfast i didn't even eat because i wasn't in the mood so i just had like a juice and i also was just trying to fill him out of like who's this person i'm not really looking to date let me talk um, yeah and then he, he dropped me off at Nomti's flat and then over the couple, next couple of days we kept chatting um and then days turned into weeks and next thing we're dating and i'm like oh interesting <laughs> um, <laughs> just like that just like that you know but during that period one exciting thing that happened was that we were discussing like serious issues about like okay what are you looking for in a relationship you know what what do you like what don't you like you know are you looking for a commitment? Are you just looking to have fun? Because I was at that point, you know, looking for something serious. So I made it yeah. to him and I told him I don't have time to waste. So if you're looking for just fun, um, I'm not the girl for you. Um, and he also felt <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay, this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then that was 2013. And then... Yeah, we started to have discussions around marriage, maybe around 2015, 2016. We started to talk about marriage, and then he came home, met the family, not officially like a ceremony, uh, but just, you know, these are my okay. friends, um, you know, these are my parents, um, very informal. Um, but obviously with my dad, he had to like, you know, dress all formal and stuff like, hi, I'm Chris. <laughs> so that was yeah. Um, and yeah, and then we had, um, a civil ceremony 2016. Um, we decided to do it in South Africa because we were thinking of settling here anyway. And we met here and we were yeah. time living here. And then we had the, um, the church wedding 20. 2018 now that was a logistical nightmare because we had people living all over the world and now trying to bring them to one country for a wedding that was whew, yeah <laughs> not doing that again i can imagine it must have been really really difficult <laughs> yes it was um but i mean here we are but i never want to go through that stress again <laughs> it was a bit i don't I, I, I don't think I don't think anybody left with a choice would be would want to get married more than once, exactly. <laughs> especially in our cultures, oh, especially yes. in oh, our yes. cultures where it's just so difficult and mm -hmm. you've got to go through all of the traditional processes and the cultural processes. Um, but for the benefit of our listeners that that probably don't even know, I, it just occurred to me as we were speaking, um, Grace is very much black. <laughs> So in case you're wondering, you know, you're listening to this and you're and you maybe you haven't picked up from, you know, her accent or, you know, the way she's speaking. Um, and you're probably wondering, OK, who's the who's who in the zoo? You know, um, you've heard a lot about international travel and all of that other stuff. So Grace is black. She is Ugandan. I refer to Grace as my older sister because that's what she is. I have slept in Grace's 
couch before, you know, <laughs> in my varsity days. She oh, yeah. looked after me and my friends, you know, she was always the go-to person when we were hungry after campus. <laughs> so she, she really is a, a sister figure in that sense. And Chris is her man, is her husband. Um, and Chris is white for the benefit of those that are listening and probably trying to work out the demographics. And beyond that, Chris is from France. I think Grace, we didn't actually, we didn't actually say that. So Chris <laughs> is a French man. <laughs> Grace is a black Ugandan lady. So when she's talking about traveling and the wedding logistics and all of that, just so you have some context and just so that you know, um, Chris is French, white, Grace is black, Ugandan, both living in South Africa, both really awesome people, both really lovely people, both people that I love so much. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's that. Um, so, Grace, you, you guys clearly seem to, to find a, a winning formula, right? Um, and you touched on some key things like communication and, um, you know, being specific as to what it is that you wanted from the very beginning, what it is that you were looking for, the fact that, you know, um, you weren't here to play games and neither was Chris, which is mm. all good. And I think it's, it's something that a lot of couples or rather people who are about to enter relationships normally discuss. Um, but you guys clearly did something right because unlike a lot of failed interracial relationships, and marriages, you actually managed to make those work. What guys do do you feel, or in your opinion, do some interracial marriages and relationships not work? Um, so I'm not sure if there's necessarily something that we did right or wrong. I think it was just about really like like I mentioned, like the communication behind it and just sitting down and having like a sober conversation about what we wanted from each other, where we saw ourselves going. Um, yeah. Are, are we enriching each other? Because a lot of people get into um, interracial relationships for the, just, just for the fun of it, you know? It's, it's like, yeah. oh my gosh, there's this white guy and he's hitting on me. I've never dated a white guy. This is so exciting. You know, that kind of thing um yeah and then when the the honeymoon phase dies out then they're like oh but we have nothing in common so it doesn't work and honeymoon phase can go up until god knows when you can even get married and you think oh this is amazing and then next thing you're like oh oops you know you don't really click like that right um, but also some people so it's, it's just about you know excitement but for some people it might even be like a family thing yeah. So in my case, it was different because, you know, it, it, it wasn't a challenge for Christoph to come home and meet my family. They were okay with it. They didn't really care. But That's you great. Might come from, yeah, thank you. <laughs> but you might come from a, a community where, you know, they're like, you must only marry a black person or you must only marry a white person or Asian or God knows what. Um, yeah. and, and that is very frustrating because even if you date someone outside your race and you're serious about each other, you will get married, but the family will constantly be at, at your necks and they'll say, no, this is not right. And some people just give up on the marriage because of that. 
Yes. Not even because you know, they love each other, but the family says no. So you're walking away from, from something because the family doesn't approve. Um, mm. Yeah. So, and and so for some people, it's this, you know, it's very superficial things that get them into these relationships. It might be money. It might be status. You know, others, it's just an adventure. And when it dies out, they're like, okay, great. It's been fun. Um, yeah. But for me, it wasn't about that. It was about, I don't care who you are. And like my mom even had the conversation with me when I was growing up. And she said, Grace, I don't, I don't mind what color you bring home. If it's orange, green, blue, yellow, I don't care. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's about him and I being able to connect, you know, having the same values and same beliefs and being able to work through them. And, and that's it. And yeah, so that's how we've managed to to make this work for us i mean that that that's really awesome to hear um and it's and it's quite encouraging as well to hear that you know you obviously i know your family um you know and like i said they're just remarkable people and i know your mom personally as well um and it's just encouraging to hear that you know there are parents even from can I call it the old school times who are open to um different races different cultures you know, they see nothing wrong with, you know, their son or their daughter marrying outside of their race or outside of their culture. Um, you know, we mm-hmm. tend to be quite traditional, especially as Africans, we tend to be quite traditional yes. and we want to stick to what we know. We like to stick to our comfort zones. Um, we don't mm-hmm. really want to necessarily explore, um, you know, we're of the perception and of the belief that, you know, everybody should confine to you know, our way of yes. doing things, um, be it yeah. Nigeria, where I'm from, or Uganda, where you're from, you know, and it obviously makes things very difficult and very hard in terms of integrating yeah. um, and even opening ourselves up to other cultures. And something that you actually mentioned, which is actually quite fascinating and um, something that I've observed as well, is that a lot of people do enter this with the wrong do enter this, and what I mean by this, I mean interracial relationships and marriages or whatever it is, do enter it Mm -hmm. with the wrong um, intentions, right? So you pointed out things like status. um, For some people, it's an adventure. They want to experience something new. um, And little do they know that they're actually dealing with, you know, people's emotions. They're dealing with people's feelings. um, You know, some real tangible things here. Yes. And there's a lot of stereotypes that surround certain demographics and genders, you know, and one of them Mm. that I've heard quite a bit amongst some black women, at least, who may or may not have had encounters or relationships with someone outside of their race is that black men are particularly harsh and not romantic. And that the reason that Mm. they wish to either date outside of their ethnicity is that they will most likely be looked after a lot better if they had to remain with than if they had to rather remain with their black brothers. Now, you're someone who has been on both sides of the fence. You've dated black. You're obviously now married to a white man. I just wanted to find out from you, is there any truth to the myth that white men make better partners and that they are a lot more attentive, they're a lot more sensitive, um, they're a lot more romantic or what are the similarities or maybe what are the differences that you've come across from your experience 
of dating both a black man and now obviously being married to a white man? You know, <laughs> that is a very interesting question. Um, <laughs> but in my experience, <laughs> um, being raised in Uganda, yeah, a lot of men are kind of like um, they 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 raised to to do things a specific way, but that okay. doesn't mean that they're any less romantic or any less sensitive. I think okay. that a lot of women have been through experiences with men. It doesn't matter whether they're white or black or from any other race where they've had a horrible experience and they just write off those men and they say, I've had a horrible experience with them. I hate, you know, all black men. I'm going to start dating white men. Yes. I don't think it's about race. I think it's about specific. It's a subjective experience that these women have been through because you can date a white man who is just as bad as the black man that you're busy, you know, you know, in some running away from. Yeah. Black men are trash. (laughs) Exactly. You might. What if you date a white man who's, God forbid, you know, abusive or maybe an Asian man who's, you know, just a a horror. Um, Yeah. Not to say that this is, but these things. Yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not generalizing. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's, it's not about um, someone's race. It's, it's about pretty much how they're raised, you know, it doesn't matter whether they're black or white. For me, in my experience, whether I dated a black guy or a white guy, they all treated me with love, with respect. I can't, I can't say that, no, the white man is more sensitive or the black man is less sensitive because in my experience, I did not, did not go through something like that where you know I decided I'm going to write off all black men because they're horrible people. All right. These women just went through bad experiences, and it's it's very unfortunate. But there are good men out there across all races. Hmm. And I'm glad that yeah. you that you pointed that out because, you know, as I'm listening to you, you're obviously very experienced in the sense that, you know, you've been with both um, races. And um, when I say both races, I'm yes. I'm specifying here black and white. You've, you've obviously experienced both sides of the coin, but where do you feel the misconception maybe comes from? Or where do you think that um, notion comes from? Is it, is it Hollywood? Is it the way um, you know, certain, certain movies portray people or certain movies portray certain ethnicities? Because you, you, you watch a lot of television, right? And I really wish yes. I had Chris here on the line to, to probably, you know, <laughs> tell me his experience. But, you know, you watch TV yeah. and, the black, and the black woman is the one that is being portrayed as, you know, the, the angry, you know. Um, the angry black woman. Uh, angry yes. black woman, exactly. You know, she's, she's constantly mm-hmm. mad. She's frustrated. She doesn't respect uh, her partner, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm sure he probably watched that. Or maybe he didn't. And maybe he had yeah. some you know, reservations about entering a relationship with you. And likewise with you, I'm sure you, I don't know, like prior to Chris, did you have any experiences with a white person or, you know, any person outside of your race? Or have you always just been open to love in that sense and you've always seen people as as equal, um, regardless of, you know, their, their skin tone? Okay. Um, I'll start with the first, um, the first bit where you talked about where these myths come from. 
Yeah. Um, I think it has a lot to do with, especially like, imagine a girl like me who's, let's just say, hypothetically speaking, I've never left Uganda. Yeah. And the media, like you said, plays a very big role in how men are portrayed. So in a lot of movies, it's it's changing now. The narrative is changing. But black men were the abusers, the violent, you know, kind of guys, or the, the hard ones. And then it was totally different for um, the white men. But things are now changing because people are now opening their eyes and seeing and getting exposed to the fact that it's not just about that. We're not living in a fairy tale, you know. It right. doesn't matter who you date, you know. It, these things happen across all races. Mm. Um, and I, I really didn't, when it comes to the question about um, what I had experienced dating a white guy before, yes, I did. But for me, it wasn't about um, his skin Race. color. It was just yeah. about finding someone who is going to treat me with love and respect. So I didn't care about where they came from. I didn't care who they were just as long as I was being treated right. Um, yeah. So I just happened to stumble upon maybe a white guy here or maybe a black guy just because I was looking for that one person that would make me feel, you know, feel loved. But I yeah. didn't really, you know, draw up a list and say, no, it must be this and he must have this. And, you know, yeah, that's crazy talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy talk. Uh, I, I, and, I, and I hope people are listening and 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 learning from everything that you're telling you're telling us today um but something that i wanted to ask you as well um so you are obviously in a very fortunate position where you know your parents like you mentioned earlier were very accepting of the fact that you know chris was from a different race um he was a, of a different culture like i said you know christophe is from france so even in terms of language barriers you know that obviously existed to some extent um yeah but they 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 didn't pass judgment obviously they they were quite open to him but were there any challenges that you both faced um in coming together as a couple as a union that you are now um that was as a result of your cultural differences so where i'm going with this is that you know, being African, we obviously have a lot of traditional beliefs. You know, there's things like mm. Lobola, there's things like the bride price, um, there's things like taking the surname, um, maybe observing certain cultural rituals or customs. Mm. Did you find it very difficult having to explain that to Christoph? Um, did you find it quite difficult accepting some of them? Or how did you guys navigate your cultural differences um and your racial differences when it came to actually unifying your marriage you know that's actually a very funny question because <laughs> i remember when we had the initial conversation um so i sat christoph down and i was talking to him about the lobola ceremony and so he went and he explained it to his parents yeah and they were just so confused <laughs> <laughs> they were like, what? <laughs> you know, what is like, that? <laughs> things are like, you know, maybe like, uh, well, it doesn't happen a lot anymore, but like exchanging um, animals and stuff like that, you know, yes. like this is, is a token of this and that. And his 
parents were so confused. They were like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> so that was very interesting. It it was a fun conversation to have because they were like, "No, but if we're given something, then we should get something back." And I was like, "Oh yeah, no, that's not how it works." <laughs> so the 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 solution was to actually sit down. Um, I sat down with my mom and my dad. and we had a conversation about okay how do we make a compromise you know how do we come to some sort of understanding where we don't make his family feel like they must do this and yeah. you know just so that we can be on the same same playing field and eventually we decided to have kind of like a hodgepodge uh, ceremony where we introduce each side of the family and also because of our um christian background if 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 that's okay um, yeah. then we decided to um get rid of some of these cultures and customs that we didn't really agree with um mm. as a christian family and we decided to go ahead with the things that we thought were beneficial for us as a couple so for instance we had we called it like a meet and greet ceremony um but we still had like A, a room to ourselves and his family sat on one side my family sat on the other we introduced each other um and then we had like an informal exchange of gifts you know okay. so they gave my mom something and then an uncle was like here's a drink uh, let's just celebrate and share this drink together so it was kind of like we had to come to some sort of compromise because we didn't want to force um a culture on someone that didn't necessarily understand right. what it was all about but at the same time we didn't want to abandon the things that we identify with as ugandans or yes. as africans yeah so we just had to make sure that we blended everything together in a way that was acceptable for both sides and eventually we had such a fun time it it was a beautiful ceremony so yeah and i i think that's work. it it can work clearly it can work and i think yeah. that's actually quite phenomenal and i'd actually go as far as saying that's probably one of the key determinants to the fact that you and christoph actually ended up in a successful um marriage is the fact that you know there was compromise from both sides you know they there wasn't anybody trying to impose their belief systems or their customs you know Christoph and his people didn't come and say well in the French way this is how we do it or we don't acknowledge yeah. um you know what you might believe so we're not going to go through with it and neither did you as you know a black Ugandan lady you know and your family impose certain beliefs on him you know you actually you both actually met in the middle um you you found something that worked for the both of you and you guys were able yeah. to have a beautiful ceremony and you guys are now happily married and i think that's something that a lot of people who are about to enter interracial relationships or marriages need to actually um be aware of you know you've got to find compromise on both sides yeah and and there's something also that you touched on very briefly regarding um surnames yeah so in in the spirit of compromise we also decided <laughs> that for me that i would hyphenate so i still keep my name but i also take his 
Oh, that's so, awesome. Uh, yeah, so retaining my identity as me, but also the fact that we're married, you know, I take his name on as well. So I have both. Um, that is something that a lot of people would have a problem with. But for me, it was kind of like, hey, let's compromise. Let's do this. And it has worked perfectly for us. Obviously, our children will have his name or if they decide at whatever point, if they really want to change, they can go to court and go through the process. But um, we really are giving them the freedom to do as they please when they grow up. Yeah. Adding their names and who they identify with. You know, you're, you're talking kids and it was actually something that I wanted to, to touch on. Um, and seeing as we're actually on the subject matter, maybe okay. we should speak about it now right so you have okay. a very beautiful daughter <laughs> um very very beautiful daughter for those that don't know she is the most beautiful baby you have ever seen you know between Rafara and myself we've we've actually decided that that's our son's future wife you know we've already started planning we're already going to send some gifts down to grace and christoph you know that is <laughs> That I is Ayo's. Yeah, you better you better tell her in advance. You know, she she can do anything she wants to do for the next like twenty one years of her life. But she is getting married to our son. Like, <laughs> oh my I think I think that has been set in stone already. <laughs> oh man! But you know, like on the subject of of kids, um, and you and you spoke about it when it when it came to the names and I just thought so with with my wife and I we're obviously from different cultures we're, we're the same race but we're mm. from different cultures but one of the things that we decided to do um in order to give a sense of unity and identity to our son was that you know we intentionally chose to give give him a Nigerian name we also gave him a mm. Zimbabwean name you know, and he has an mm. English name, just so yes. that when he does grow up, to your point, yes. if he ever does decide yes. that, you know what, I identify more with my Zimbabwean culture as opposed to my Nigerian culture, or I'd like to one day go and explore Zimbabwe and know what Zimbabwe is all about, or I'd like to mm. go and explore Nigeria and know what that's all about, you know, he has a choice, you know, he has a choice yes. as to whether he wants to be called Ayo, he has a choice as to whether he wants to be called Nesu, or he has a choice yes. as to whether he wants to be called Joel, which is his English name. Um, nice. And I think it's, it's, it's quite easy in, in our setting, um, just simply being intercult intercultural um, as to how we make it work. But with you and Christoph, you're not only intercultural, but you're also interracial. Which kind of brings me to yes. the question that I wanted to ask. You are obviously, you've obviously had a daughter now. You, know, you might have another child in future. They are going to grow up as mixed race babies, right? How are you going yes. to help them understand their mixed identity? Because whether we like it or not, you know, they're going to go out into the world and they might not know where they fit in. You know, fortunately for us, mm. there's a lot of more and more interracial couples coming together. And so there's a lot of mixed race babies. There's a lot of 
intercultural babies, you know, and I believe by the time our kids grow up, um, you know, they will be living in a far more diverse world and in a far more accepting world. But right now, the reality that we're faced with is that they're still in the, minor- in the minority um, by a large extent. Yes. How have you and Christoph spoken about how you're actually going to navigate that and help them to understand and appreciate not only their mixed identity, but also the fact that they come from two different backgrounds. You know, they've got a French dad, they've got a Ugandan mom. Um, Yeah. What have you guys decided to do or how are you guys planning to approach that? You know, (laughs) um, we've been having discussions about this. Why I laugh is because in different countries, she'll be called different things. Here, she'll yeah. be called colored. In Uganda, she'll be called mixed race or something else. In in France, she'll be called Matisse. Um, okay. But I think it boils down to um, letting her see every side, you know? We want her to, to interact. Like, when she gets older, let's say she's at that age where she's now in school, we want her to interact with different races and see what they're all about but we also want her to see okay let's go to uganda let's see how things are done let's go to france let's see how things are done um but in all that in in educating her about the different races we want her to know that um we love you and we care about you um, yeah it's, it's not about the color of your skin we we don't want to raise her to say oh, I'm a mixed race baby. No, you're a human. You're part of the human race. So it doesn't hmm. matter what color your skin is. So I remember I saw a t-shirt somewhere one time uh, with a mixed race baby and it just said, um, it didn't say black or white. It just said human race, you know, part of the human race. And I think <laughs> that's, that's a very important discussion that we need to start having because right. to put people in boxes is it's so unnecessary and for a child to grow up and be told oh what are you are, are you black are you white are you you know are you mixed race are you colored are you mixed you know all these words that are like titles that are thrown on a child i feel are very um strong yeah i think that it's important you raise your child to know that listen you're a human being you're capable of love give love get love respect people let people respect you tell them what your boundaries are but at the end of the day it's not about your skin color and i like that a lot no and i agree with you 100 percent. i think i think we do need to we do need to get out of um this category and this box that we tend to put ourselves in and identify as you know um people want to be known as purely black some people want to be known as white some people want to be known as um, mixed some people want to be known as whatever it is you know and I think yeah. that's fundamentally part of the problem that's that's circulating in the world today that's that's part of the problem that we have is that you know mm-hmm. as opposed to finding ways of unifying across cultures across races yeah. you know we are finding reasons to be divided we're finding reasons to um not integrate we're finding reasons to um you know just i don't know everything that goes against what we were put on earth to do is what we seem to be doing um 
And that just kind of and brings then, me. I, yeah, no, continue. Sorry, just to interrupt. Um, there's also like a bit of shame and ridicule when it comes to someone identifying as something other than that which people see. So, for instance, if you know our child grows up and decides she wants to be white, people look at her like, "No, but you're not white." Why yeah, you, you can't be called white. Exactly. You know. So it's it's something that you really have to like. You just have to break down these things and titles and, you know, just, just learn from these experiences how we need to, you know, raise our children to be better and, you know, just for communities and society to just understand, you know, where we're coming from. I think that's the easiest way to go about it. Well, not easiest, but hoping. Yeah, hoping. <laughs> it gets to that point where it's easier. Mm. Uh, oh, man, fingers crossed. I, I look forward to that day because... Honestly, really, what we're going through in society nowadays is just mm. appalling and horrific. And every single day, there seems yeah. to be some sort of a race issue. Um, mm. And we clearly live in a very, like, racially divided society. Um, mm. And let me, let me paint, like, let me paint the context to you. I mean, the other day, I was at the mall with a friend of mine. And I won't mention the person's name, but we both saw an interracial couple and the woman was black, very good looking. The guy was of a different race. I won't specify what, but maybe not so good looking. <laughs> and, you know, we, 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 being guys, we obviously made a remark about how, you know, stunning the, the girl is or the lady was. Um, and the, the first thing that came out of his mouth was just like, I wonder how they got together, you know? And I kind of like looked at him like, huh? What are you on about, you know? And my response <laughs> was, matter? yeah, what does it matter? And my response was, um, love. And he was, and he was like, nah, jungle fever. And oh my gosh. <laughs> I, yeah. That was my response as well. And mind you, this is a this is someone I consider to be a good friend of mine, you know, and, and I was quite surprised because you don't expect that kind yeah. of um reaction or that those kind of remarks yeah. from people that you consider to be quite learned and quite open, but it just kind of shows that, you know, we, we clearly live in a very racially charged and divided society and racism in and of itself mm. still exists, you know, whether it's within um, white culture, whether it's within black culture, um, racism exists on Absolutely. both sides. Um, so I'm just, I'm just wondering, you know, maybe from your experience and living in Cape Town, which I know is quite a <laughs> colorful place to stay, um, when you and Christoph go out, yeah, when you and Christoph go out in public and maybe you go to the mall um, or you're eating out, do you get stares? I mean, what is the general reception to you guys as a couple? Um, how has it been navigating the social scene as a married interracial couple? Dude, we get stairs walking out our house. <laughs> um, That's crazy. 
there was an incident where we were escorting a friend um, and then we just walked around the corner. Um, we do have um, a white neighbor. Yeah. And we're walking back and obviously I wasn't looking the best. I was like in my frumpy stuff, you know, like a jumpsuit. And they had guests over and they were having a party. And at some point, the one lady looks at me and Christoph and she looks terrified. She was like struggling to get the, the gate open. And Are you serious? And I was standing there like, okay. <laughs> That's mad. But, um, these are things, but it happens, you know. Um, considering South Africa's very colorful history. Yeah. This is not something that you expect to go away. Look at the U.S. It's been how many years and still they're going through the same thing, you know. And I don't know. It just feels like it's getting worse and worse instead of getting better. Right. So, I mean, Cape Town is it's, it's a very interesting um, place to live in because there are different pockets with different, uh, different races. So you'll go to the one place and it's a specific race and another place a specific race. So depending on where we are, it's either... I'm going to be stared at or Christoph's going to be stared at. Um, or if we're in a place that's a bit more liberal, more open, let's say maybe in, in, in town or something, people are not as, you know, they, they're not staring as much as they would be if yeah. you're somewhere where it's a specific place. Um, so th- these things happen, but at the end of the day, you can sit and decide to be angry and, you know, pack your bags and leave but if not South Africa it will happen somewhere else right so you just have to learn to, to live with it um, not to say that we must be okay with it but it is something that's going to take time for people to get used to but as long as we have a community of people who, who are okay with it and friends and family who are okay with it it's fine and it will get there we'll get to that point where we don't have to worry about walking out and someone is staring at you. But at this point in time, we'll go to a restaurant or, you know, we'll go somewhere, drive somewhere, and we'll be stared at. Um, it's it's something that I, I, I expect. Um, I don't get upset about it. I will get upset if someone says something racially charged. Yeah. But um, if it's a situation where they just stare at you and walk away, it's fine. I'll live. Well, I, I really do take my hat off to you guys. And, and you know, it's it's quite fascinating because I have a lot of um, interracial couples who are my friends. Um, you know, a lot of them are married. Some of them stay overseas. And they share in the same sentiments that um, you're expressing now. You know, they tell me the same thing that, you know, it's it's actually quite crazy because they step out of the door and it's just so odd for people to see a white man with a black woman or a black man with a white yeah. woman. Um, and you would think yeah. that in this day and age and with how, you know, we are so um, connected in terms of globalization and we're exploring and we're traveling and, you know, we're getting to know different cultures and different races. You would think that this is something that, would be normalized, but it's far from it. Mm. You know, in fact, it's it's something that is mm. still looked at with a great amount of scrutiny. It's looked at with a amount of yes. with a certain level of disgust, depending on on where you find yourself, which is actually quite unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but something that you that you mentioned, and I just thought maybe we can just touch on, is that you know you you alluded to everything that's going on in the U.S. 
And I'm just wondering, how do you both deal and approach conversations about social injustices that are happening in the world? So you look at, you know, the case of George Floyd or Breonna Taylor, or even closer to home here in South Africa, where we have multiple cases on racism um, and injustices across like racial colors and things like that. What are the conversations that you both have with one another when these sort of issues come across your TV sets? I mean, does Christoph empathize with you as a black person, as a black woman? Does he seek to understand where maybe some of the hurts that you may be feeling are coming from? Or do you guys just sweep it under the rug and pretend it doesn't exist? Because I, I, I usually wonder, like, what goes on in the minds of an interracial couple such as yourself, you're sitting down, he's obviously of a white background, you're of a black background, we're seeing, you know, police brutality, all of that other stuff. Yeah. What goes through mm. your guys' mind or what's the conversation <laughs> that happens during that time? <laughs> I mean, do you get mad at no, him? Do you I swear think... at him? Do you like, <laughs> do you no. tell him like, Christoph, your people, look at what they're doing. Like, like what goes on i know it's not a laughing matter but it's just like yeah it's it's quite crazy we've had we've had uh discussions uh where like you watch a movie um and it's racially charged and you know by the end of the movie it's like you're angry yeah but then the thing is with uh with christoph he's he wants to understand, like you said, he's, he's about trying to understand what's going on. Because even for him, growing up, um, he did have friends from all walks of life and from, you know, different races. But he, the things that he sees um, in, in the movies are, are things that anyone would see across any race. So it's not just about, in as much as we always see, like, the white people beating the black people, there are movies that show the reverse. Yeah. So when whenever we watch a movie and it's about, let's say, slavery and brutality and all that, we have to have a serious, candid discussion about, okay, this is what was going on at the time. And he has made it very clear about who he is as a person. He's not, you know, it, it's, um, it's, it's not about... Um, the the violence that's portrayed in the movie it's not about it's not him you know yeah he wants to learn he wants to know more he wants to learn about like my culture he wants to learn about okay people actually being affected by these things he wants to know about that but you know what it's not a it's not an easy conversation to have when you watch some of these movies or you read it in the news sometimes you still get to the point where you know, it's it's a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. But we learn and we talk about it. You have to be open about these things. I'm not gonna lie to you and say, nah, it's fine. You know, it's not. It's a very difficult conversation that anyone would have, not just because he's white. Even if I was having this conversation with someone of my race and a fellow black person, you would have the same um, discussion there would be the same discomfort and there would be some who would say things that you even don't believe like oh no they probably deserved it I've, I've heard black people say that yeah yeah you know? um so it's it's just about sitting down in those uncomfortable situations and trying to figure it out and learn from it you know there's also stuff for me to learn from those uh, situations right it's not just about him it's about me as well you know 
So we we just have to do that. We we can't sweep anything under the rug. We can't we can't ignore it because, um, unfortunately for us, we're kind of like the the interracial couples in the world are like test subjects. So everyone is kind of like watching you to see you know what's going to happen. You know what are they going to do? How do they react? So we have to make sure that we constantly have those uncomfortable conversations to make sure everything is out in the open. No, and I'm glad you guys do, and I'm glad you guys are actually moving forward with those discussions and 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 being candid about these things because, you know, I think a lot of couples do themselves a disservice by not addressing such things or pretending that it doesn't exist, um, because that is our reality. And and like I said, you you don't want a situation where it happens to you one day and you don't know how to handle it um, because maybe you both have not spoken about it amongst yourselves or have a situation in which, you know, um, he says the wrong thing in a social setting or you say the wrong thing in a social setting that gets um, Mm. magnified and gets interpreted the wrong way um, and Mm. results in drama. I don't think that's something that the both of you would want or anybody would want. So for that reason, I think it's, it's really important that we do have these conversations. But Grace, thank you so much for, for your time. Thank you so much for, for coming on today. I don't know if you have any closing remarks to people who might be looking to either get into interracial um, relationships or marriages or any words of encouragement that you might have for people that might be going through a difficult time because of their cultural differences? I mean, it's, it's, it's been beautiful to have this conversation with you, Tayo. I think it's something that needs to happen more often. Yeah. Um, because people, they have the wrong assumptions about interracial couples. Um, I think that for people who are, let's say, right now in an interracial um a situation where let's say they're looking to get married or they're dating someone they don't know what to do you have to sit down and have a serious conversation yeah you have to learn what your person wants what they're all about because unfortunately we haven't been raised to know about someone else's you know different races and what they go through we're just learning as we go along so it's a constant process of you sitting down and discovering what it is the other person wants and if at all you're looking to get married you have to have this conversation with your family if they're the kind that are not as liberal you have to have a discussion with them and let them see what's going on find that compromise that works for you because unfortunately the world is not yet ready for um interracial couples we'll get there one day but until we get there it's a constant um conversation you have to have with the people around you um and it's not perfect for us either we're still learning you know there's still a lot i have to learn um and and for me especially also because of the language barrier there are things that i have to learn within his culture within his setting so i just want to encourage people that it can be done but it's really down to having those very difficult conversations with your partner, with your family, with your friends, and eventually you will get to that point where things are things are okay. Yeah. No, Grace, thank you so much once again. And 
all the best to you and Christoph. Oh, like I said, you guys are such Thank an awesome you. people and I love you guys so much. My regards to him. And uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. <laughs> awesome. Cool. So unfortunately, that's all we have time for today, folks. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of The Brotherly Gist. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a comment in the comment section below, give the podcast a good rating, and share it with your friends on social media. Join me next time for another exciting topic and discussion. But until then, take care and God bless.